0: All right, let's bring on Jake Hanley, Managing Director and Senior Portfolio Specialist at Tucreum Trading. Welcome on, Jake.
1: Yeah, thank you. Nice to be here. I'm excited for the show. I got to tell you,
0: you have so much fun on this show. It's is, it is, it's
1: wonderful information. You do a great job with those charts, and I'm I'm jealous you get to do this all day.
0: Well, I, I, I've been working up to getting a little bit on your standard too, Jake. I saw that you were a CMT, so shout out to that. I'm hey, actually working right now on my level two, so... Trying to, trying to, you know, put put things into practice because that's really how we learn, right? That's exactly right. Keep at it. It's well worth it. Definitely. Now, let's go ahead. Let's jump on in. You can help us catch up in the agricultural commodities market. What has the sentiment been like lately?
1: Yeah, so you've seen some risk coming off the table for, well, prices have been coming down. So people have been um, taking money out of these commodities over the last Couple months, basically over the the summer timeframe. And that's as the headlines started to uh, not include uh, Russia. You know, bombing Ukraine. Uh, you had this grain deal that came from the Black Sea region, where Russia worked with Turkey uh, to make sure that Ukrainian grain could come through the Black Sea, and that news put some some price pressure on on agricultural commodities. Wheat, you know, most uh, most specifically, um, and just today we see a turnaround in prices midday, uh, coinciding with headlines that that. Putin is promising to scale up his aggression in Ukraine again and attack infrastructure. Um, and so, you know, wheat in particular is really trading wartime headlines, and that's, that's some volatility. Um, and then we got to talk about the weather, too, and we can get into that in a little bit. But the, the big picture story is that global grain balance sheets remain tight, and that means the trade remains volatile.
0: Yeah. Just recently, we just got the initial WASD reaction, right? And uh, for our traders that might not know out there, this is the world agricultural supply and demand estimate. Talk a little bit about this report and why we should be keeping watch if this is some, especially something that we're looking to trade. And tell us about the potential troubles that are maybe be ahead for US corn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Will and I would say we call it the WASDE. So shorthand is WASDE. Um, you know, follow that us on, easy. On, on Twitter. <laughs> absolutely, and and you know, tune into our to our newsletter as well at twocream.com dot com to stay up to date with this because the Wazd is the gold standard in the supply demand information for commodity, agricultural commodity markets. And we're very focused on the grains, of course. And so it comes out once a month. It is a USDA government report. And the market trades these numbers. Analysts issue expectations for what the numbers might be. Uh, That's helpful for traders because it gives us a range uh, of expectations. And sometimes the actual numbers come in outside those ranges. And when that happens, that's when you get a real surprise. And so we saw a surprise in soybeans in this latest WASDE uh, where the government revised lower their harvested acre expectations and also revised lower their yield expectations. So all of that equates to lower than expected U.S. soybean production, which is a big deal because this is now the third year in a row where the United States is expected to use more soybeans than we produce, okay? So when your consumption exceeds your production, you have a supply and demand problem, and that's very supportive for prices. Now, you mentioned corn too. Corn, <laughs> corn we thought is was gonna be where the action was in the surprise in the last WASD um, Expectations are for U.S. corn yields to probably trickle down lower from what we even saw in September. Um, and so U.S. corn and soybean production is being revised lower. And again, that's that's supportive for prices.
0: Definitely. Now let's talk about the wheat situation, because, of course, that was the forefront for a long time until we got kind of that black Sea deal. What's going on in wheat?
1: Yeah, wheat, again, is going to continue to trade the headlines in the in the wartime market um, on a global basis. The world is set to consume more wheat than we produce for the third year in the world in the row. Okay, and that's on a global basis. And again, when you consume more than you produce, that's tightening balance sheets. Uh, Also, just to point out, when we say we're consuming more wheat than we produce, we are also producing a record amount of wheat this year. Humanity has never produced this much wheat and it's still not enough to keep up with demand. Add to that supply chain concerns and moving it from A to B because you can't get through the black sea or there's question marks as to whether that trade will continue. And you have you have some real uh, gunpowder building up underneath the wheat markets. So I would say as it relates to corn, wheat and soybeans, the situation exists where if there is volatility surprise, uh, it could be to the upside because of the tight balance sheets. Now, I will take a step back and just give you some context here our overall base case is for grain prices to trickle lower over the next few months. And that coincides with the U S harvest. When the U S harvest comes in, we have more corn, wheat, soybeans, and so forth than we'll have all year, right? We have one harvest a year. So a big pile of grain um, is, is harvested. And over the course of the year we take out of that big pile of grain. So as that supply comes on seasonally, Um, That is going to be bearish, bearish for prices. And so that seasonal pattern uh, exists. And so the base case is for prices to trickle lower in the near term. But again, these global balance sheets and U.S. domestic corn and soybean balance sheets remain very, very tight. So there could be a surprise to the upside against the seasonal trade.
0: Definitely. Now, of course, what do you see in 23? I mean, uh, the focus right now, we're looking at 22. But of course, uh, new crops coming in for next year. Do you still see the world's supply still having supply disruptions?
1: All right. So for the humanitarian in us all, there is hope coming out of South America. South America is expected to produce a record amount of corn and soybeans uh, this year. They're starting to plant that right now. The big wild card is weather. Unfortunately, we've had two years back-to-back La Nina climate patterns. La Nina means very dry weather in Brazil and Argentina to massive agricultural commodity producers. It also means dry weather in the United States Plains. And we've seen that drought uh, and it's been a big problem. Right now, it looks like we are still in a La Nina for possibly the third year in a row. So depending on how strong this La Nina is and how long it lasts, uh, it could further complicate production in South America that would be supportive for prices, but again, bad for the human in us. Um, and so overall you have to look at the fact that production costs are continuing to go up and we can point to energy as being a big culprit there, uh, fertilizer production out of, out of Europe, taking a hit because of high natural gas prices. Okay. All of these things push up the cost of production. So ultimately, even if grain prices, corn, wheat, soybeans, were to trickle lower, uh, there is some support because production costs are are going higher. Uh, And so, you know, we could look at a chart from 2014 through 2020, where we basically could draw a line at the futures equivalent price of $3.50 for a bushel of corn. That's to suggest that a farmer on average in the United States could break even if he could sell his corn for $3.50 a bushel. Uh, Just read some research yesterday that puts that price in some parts of this country at $5.90 a bushel, okay? And so what that means is we're likely dealing with higher food prices for longer, And uh, you know, longer isn't that long-term when we look out to the spring and summer of 2023.
0: Inflation concerns on that end, but let's talk and let's wrap on up here with what catalyst should we investors be watching moving forward? Yeah,
1: Basically, keep a real close eye on the, what's known as the stocks use ratio. So we, we talk a little bit about technicals on, on this show. And so this is something that's a little bit in the weeds, but I think the audience can really grab onto this. The stocks use ratio is found, shameless plug, on our website. We, we post this information on our website, tocream.com. But you can also find it in the, the WASDE report. You take the ending stocks and you divide it by the total usage. That ratio, as it goes lower, is supportive for prices. As that ratio goes higher, it suggests that the balance sheet is expanding and uh, it could be putting price pressure uh, downward. OK, so for, for the audience, keep a close eye on on the supply uh, in demand situation overall. And of course, you got to watch this war in Ukraine and you have to watch the European energy crisis. Uh,
0: those are those are big issues. Well, thank you for joining me today, Jake Hanley, Managing Director and Senior Portfolio Specialist at Tucrium Trading. And I did see some of the articles that you guys put out. I saw your name by there. So uh, <laughs> definitely, if you guys want to check out a little bit more of Jake, definitely go to the website, check out those articles. thought they were a really good read. Appreciate you thank coming Thank you very on, much. Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us.